Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Coming up this week, a long-time tradition in the city of Scranton, an opportunity for people to get together and enjoy Thanksgiving that they otherwise might not have. It starts Tuesday evening at the Scranton Cultural Center with a Thanksgiving dinner for the community, and then on Wednesday, it's the Family to Family program. Linda Robeson is the director of Family to Family and has the details. What is Family to Family? Family to Family is a food basket program that provides for a Thanksgiving dinner for the families in need. Um, it was founded over 32 years ago by the Bernie family who saw people on the holiday who didn't have anywhere to go or a meal to go to. So they started with a small group of their friends to um, collect money to try and provide baskets for other people. So it's expanded over the years in that we also provide baskets at Christmas and Easter in conjunction with um, Friends of the Poor. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so we have several. That's great. Yeah. Now, since, again, you've been involved with this, how long have the Bernie family been they um, left their program to us uh, four years ago. So this is the fourth year that Ryan and I have been running the program. And Ryan is? Ryan is my son, and we he got married last year, so I now have a daughter-in-law who is also helping us with the program, and her name is Mary Christine. Excellent. And you also have someone else that's a little bit too small to <laughs> yes, help. Yes, I do. <laughs> very, very exciting. Um, my son and his wife had a daughter on Friday, so her name is Lucy, and we are very excited to welcome her to the family. Excellent. So that and that's what this is all about. It is. It's about um it's truly about our family, not specifically the Robeson family, but just any family giving to another family. And um you know, we have dollar amounts that some people, you know, because $30 will feed a small family, $40 will feed a family of 4 to 6 and $48 will feed a family of 7 or more. Um But, you know, we want everybody, you know, at the holidays, everybody wants to come over. You want to have as much family and friends as you can. We don't want anybody to be alone. So uh, we provide everything that they need for a Thanksgiving dinner, um, from the turkey to pies and stuffing, all the vegetables, potatoes, you name it, we, we give it to them. There's also the Friends of the Poor dinner. There is. On Tuesday, we have a Friends of the Poor dinner where we serve um, anybody. You know, we have a lot of elderly and um, and people who are just alone, who just want to come. I mean, everybody is welcome. And we serve approximately 1,700 dinners on Tuesday night 
and that's really Friends of the Poor's program. And then we do 1,700 takeout dinners. So, um, so yeah, that is an actual sit-down dinner. We have a band for them, entertainment. And, you know, on that night, we have hundreds of volunteers, and we encourage everybody to just spend time talking to people and getting to know them, making them feel welcome, and enjoying their dinner. And that's at the Scranton Cultural Center. Yes, that's also at the Scranton Cultural Center. And then that's on Tuesday, and then Wednesday morning... You're back in there on Wednesday morning with family to family. How does that work? Oh, my goodness. That works with a small army um, (laughs) because we started about 530 in the morning because we have about four truckloads of food that have to be unloaded. You know, and you're unloading 3,000, you know, 20-pound turkeys and everything. So luckily, Prep's football team shows up first, and they unload all the turkeys and bag them for us. And then we just have a an army of volunteers that show up and help us put together all the tables and the food on all the tables, and they start packing bags because we start giving the dinners away fr- at 9 o'clock. But um, we try to have a nice atmosphere for them. We want everybody to feel welcome. We have coffee and donuts for them while they're waiting in line, and um, hopefully we'll have a couple of other things that might be a surprise that we can, you know, just to make it a, a very good experience. And then after they get the meals, we also have um, the Terreri family and the Bannon family who collect coats, hats, and scarves, and so they can pick up whatever they need on the way out. Oh, so that's happening in conjunction. It is. They've been doing that for many, many years. So, And they have everything from children's coats to adults. And, um, you know, they can kind of go shopping and pick what they like and help themselves. As long as everybody's warm. Warm yes. and oh well-fed. That's yes. that's the main thing. It is. Now, for anybody who, because again, I can remember going way back when, when all of this started with Sister Adrian and the Bernie family and how much it's grown and the best potato peel and party that they would have <laughs> for, right. for the day. I never got to take part in that, but I always wanted to. Do people have to sign up? Or do they have to get in touch with you? If somebody is hearing this for the first time, Linda, what would they what would they have to do? Honestly, they can just show up. I mean, we have larger groups from schools who certainly call us and just say, you know, we're going to be there from, you know, nine o'clock until 1230 or whatever. And that's fine. Um, but if your individuals or small groups, you can really show up anytime. Um, Tuesday, we start with the potato peeling party at nine o'clock. And then on Wednesday, um, we really need volunteers more in the afternoon than we do in the morning. Um, we need volunteers probably from 12 until 5 because a lot of the school children come in the morning, um, but then they only have a half a day of school, so then they leave by 1230. So we're looking for more volunteers, like I said, in the afternoon. So if someone would like to get in touch with you and volunteer their time at this point, what would they do? They can contact us through our Family to Family website. Um, it's familytofamily.org or look on our Facebook page. It's very easy to contact us through that. Now, the other thing, too, is is monetary donations because, again, you are supplying and, and every year, I guess it's a sad thing to say that it increases. It's not like every year you're sitting there going, what are we going to do with all these turkeys? I'm sure that they all find someplace to go for the holiday. So how can someone help with monetary donations? Well, you can go online and donate at familytofamily.org, or you can send a check to Family to Family, P.O. Box 13, Scranton, Pennsylvania, 18501. You know, we really need to come together. And that is the one thing with Family to Family and Friends of the Poor. You know, we we are non-judgmental. We welcome everybody. We don't need to know your story. All we want to know, I mean, 
personally, if you want to tell us the story, but we you don't have to prove anything that you know that you need the meal or whatever. Everybody is welcome. You know, we just want to make sure that everybody can experience a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner the same way that I want to go home and experience my Thanksgiving dinner with family and loved ones. And it's just a very peaceful, loving atmosphere. And uh, and it starts the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, which is November twentieth. Yes, with at, the dinner. Yes, and then Wednesday with the food basket giveaway. And if you need volunteers, if you need anything like that, they get in touch with you how? Through familytofamily.org, or they we do have a Family to Family uh, Facebook page, so they can also contact us through that. And if I just want to mention that if people are not available to help us during Thanksgiving, we also have a food giveaway in December right before Christmas, and we're always looking for volunteers for that. So if Thanksgiving is a little bit too hectic, we'd be happy to have you at Christmas. And that's the same similar? It is. It's also a food giveaway. Um, we give out about 1,800 dinners for Christmas. So it's not quite as many as Thanksgiving. And that is held at St. Mary's Center in Scranton. Is that on the same Facebook page as the uh, Thanksgiving? That would be as on fam- Friends of the Poor. Friends that of the Poor. Friends of the Poor. Okay. Facebook so just so everybody e- either get in touch with Linda through Family to Family or the folks at Friends of the Poor. That's because right. they seem to have all of the information. Because you can talk about each other's events. Well, we do. And Family to Family, we work in conjunction. We really are like a, a program under Friends of the Poor. You know, the Bernies were very, very close to Sister Adrian. So it's always run together. I mean, we're not a separate entity. Our goal is just to help them raise money for their feeding programs. But um, Megan and I work very, very closely together with everything. And Megan is? Megan is the new CEO at Friends of the Poor. And uh, she's doing an amazing job. She's got a lot of energy, and um, which she needed because, of course, to keep up with Sister Anne is. <laughs> is <laughs> yes. Little... And, and original Sister Sneakers as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. She, you know, had big steps to... Uh, to step or she had big shoes to step into and she's done a great job. So this sounds like it's almost like something that you're involved with. It's not just from, oh, the leaves have started to change now. We better start doing this. So it's something that sounds like it's a uh, year round, if not more than year round program. It actually is a year long program, you know, because you're trying to rain raise funds and get new sources of income. And, you know, Ryan Yeager at Shifts has to start pricing turkeys early in the season. You never really know what's going to happen. And he works very hard to get us the best prices that he can, you know, because our bill at Thanksgiving is over $100,000. So you want to get the best deals that you can. He works very hard on that. And the fact that we're trying to spread the word about, you know, people don't just have food insecurities on the holidays. So, you know, Friends of the Poor does a great job with their food pantries and um, summer feeding programs and stuff. And with family to family, we're trying to come up with a food giveaway also for the summer program. We just have to decide what food is going to be healthy to give away in warm weather, you know. The Munley Law Firm has been very, very gracious in helping us with our advertising, um, and they help us with commercials and just spreading the word, too. So they've been an integral part of family to family, and uh, they've worked, I believe they've been there 
you know, since close to the beginning with Sister Adrian as well. So, yes, they've been. And again, you have another family connection there because the Munleys, that's another big family. They are. They are. And they're all involved, you know, when they show up to because they will come and serve the dinner on Tuesdays. And yes, they take up a couple of tables just, <laughs> just with trying to serve and stuff. So, yeah, they've been a very wonderful part of the program for years. Well, Linda, as the uh, as the director of the Family to Family program and as the unofficial spokesperson today for the Friends of the Poor as well. I'm going to give you the opportunity. You invite everyone to come, and whether it's to help, whether it's to support, whether it's to partake. I would love everybody to come down. We're very grateful for all of the volunteers who show up Tuesday and Wednesday. So if you have a couple of hours or if you only have one hour, please come down and give us a hand. And all are welcome for the Tuesday dinner. Um, It's a beautiful Thanksgiving dinner uh, with a band and everything, which is wonderful. We're just grateful to have everybody. We're grateful for all of the monetary donations and grateful for the help. Once again, thanks to Linda Robeson for giving us the information on the upcoming events this week in connection with Community Thanksgiving. Tuesday, which will be held at the Scranton Cultural Center, that's Tuesday evening. And then Wednesday morning, it's Family to Family, also at the Scranton Cultural Center. Now don't go away. More special edition to come. This is an American Red Cross blood donation alert. The Red Cross is facing a severe blood shortage and is issuing an urgent call for eligible blood and platelet donors of all types to give now and help ensure patients won't face a delay in life-saving medical care. Blood donations are being distributed to hospitals faster than donations are coming in. Help restock the shelves right now. Use the Blood Donor app, visit redcrossblood.org, or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make an appointment. Welcome back to Special Edition. Augie Barheit and Rolling Thunder will be getting ready to help veterans, of course, in July, but also at Christmas time. It's a big time for them as they get together and bring gifts to the veterans at the Gino Murley Center in Scranton. Would you like to help? Augie is here to tell you how you can get involved. Augie, we usually have you here around the time that uh, Rolling Thunder is getting together and doing a very big event that everybody knows you for, which is? It's a Salute to Veterans ride, and it's held at Gino Murley Center on Mulberry Street in Scranton. And when is that? Third Sunday in July, every year. Okay, so we're a little bit past July and a little bit time to go. So today you're in because... You'd like to get more people involved in Rolling Thunder and helping the veterans. What are you What are you looking for? Well, we'd like to see more help. Like to get some new members if we could. Uh, we're a small group right now. We're only about seventeen or eighteen people, and I think we're one of the bigger rides in the area. And it, it's kind of tough. Most of us are senior citizens anymore. <laughs> Not you. Oh, trust me, I feel like it. Some days are better than others. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say that you'd like to get other people involved, what are you looking for? Are you looking for riders? Are you looking for volunteers? Actually, both. I, I'd like to get some volunteers that would that are interested in helping the veterans. Uh, during the winter, we do six bingos one, once a month. And it's kind of nice. You get down to the Murley Center there, and you spend an hour, maybe an hour and a half by the time you bring them down from the rooms and 
take them back. Oh, you actually go to the center and play bingo yes, with we, the vets. We sponsor the bingo, and uh, we just give them a hand with their cards and uh, whatever else they need at that time. So, again, you're busy in the wintertime because the big part is in July, but you also had mentioned um, at one point in time when we talked that Christmas is very important. Yes, it is. The money we raise in the ride in July there, that money's earmarked pretty much for their Christmas present. And it's nice. We go down Christmas morning, we pass out the presents, and usually it's something like a blanket or a sweater, a nice cardigan sweater. Or maybe a sweatsuit. There's a committee up there between employees and residents, and they decide what they need for that year. So everyone that's in the center there gets the same present every year. Oh, okay. So it's it's not like you have to worry about, well, gee, I've played bingo with this gentleman the last week, and he mentioned that he'd like this or anything like that. So No, no we, <laughs> we kind of let it, that stuff to the family if they have family that comes in to see them. You know, there's some of these guys up there, they have no family coming in. I knew of one resident, that family member dropped them off, and that was the last he seen them. Wow. I mean, that's kind of hard. It it touches you when you get up there and you see some of the stories. And when you have the opportunity to go up and uh, just going up and playing bingo, about how many people, uh, you said you have about 17, 18, is it the whole club? No, it it varies. This, This past Sunday we had... Five people there. And one gentleman came in, and he left early because he had a commitment. Yeah, It's kind of loose for what we do there. But as a requirement for Rolling Thunder, we, we need to get three events in. So if we do our ride and two bingos, we've got our three events. Then all we have to do is make a few meetings. Give us a little bit of the background of Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder was started down in Jersey, I believe it was. That's where our national headquarters is. A few gentlemen, they wanted to make uh, people aware of the POWMIA issues, you know, how many people were actually left behind and nothing was being done for them. So they, they started this organization in 20, ooh, I'm going to say almost 30 years ago, they started doing a protest ride in Washington. And it started out with a few thousand motorcycles. And it's been as high as over a million motorcycles for that one day event. We take up the whole Pentagon parking lot, the North parking lot. And then now we've taken over the South parking lot. And there's a, another small overflow lot, we call it. And I've seen where all three lots were just jammed full and they couldn't put anybody else in. They just blocked the street and left the bike sit there until we got going. And it'd take four hours for everybody to get out of the parking lots and get through the ride. Wow. Yeah. That's And so compare that to what you folks do in July here. You get, a for this area, you do get a great crowd. We get a great crowd here. We get anywhere from three to... We've had as high as 800 motorcycles at one time. Now, when we talk about the fact that you're looking for some volunteers, I think it's probably a good idea to point out that riding is not necessarily a requirement. No, it's not. You don't need a motorcycle, and you don't have to be a veteran. All you have to have is the desire to help veterans and their issues. And where do you meet? We meet at the VFW on Main Street in DuPont, uh, the third Wednesday of every month at 7 p.m., we try and keep it informal. You know, I'm not a good public speaker. and <laughs> I think you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to get it quick and simple and be on our way. We've all got busy lives, and mm-hmm. 
So when you go to the meetings in DuPont, then you have the opportunity to kind of plan out a little bit. And I guess one of the other things, too, I have to ask is, here you are. Do you have any of the ladies involved as well? Oh, yeah. My wife, uh, the vice president's wife, I think five or six women in our chapter right now. And they're pretty strong. You know, they... They keep us in line. <laughs> they probably come up with a lot of those good ideas. <laughs> yeah, they're very good at that. <laughs> when uh, when we're talking about, again, the whole idea of helping the veterans, you focus mainly on Geno Murley Center in Scranton, or do you branch out? Uh, our chapter took on the Geno Murley Center 20 years ago. That's a requirement with Rolling Thunder. Each chapter needs to have a facility or a veterans base that they sponsor, you know, that's their primary help. When there was a chapter down in Hazleton, they would come up to the Veterans uh, Hospital here in Wilkesboro. And, you know, we kind of worked together back then. And I don't know what happened down there, but they had folded. And we've been fortunate up here. You know, we've been as high as 200 members, and now we're down to 17 or 18. Hopefully I can build it back up again so we, we have a successful chapter here. When we're talking about the chapters as well, so are you the only Rolling Thunder chapter here in Northeast Pennsylvania? In Northeastern Pennsylvania, yes. There's a gentleman, he's talking about trying to start one down near Stroudsburg. I haven't really got much information on that yet. I'll, I'll get it as soon as he starts because I'm also the state liaison for Rolling Thunder. Do you have a website, Facebook page? I know probably the national does, but how about the local? Yeah, we do. It's uh, rollingthunderpa3.com. And we're also on Facebook. Just do a search. Yeah, and it'll come right up. I know you said that you don't like to keep people very long because that's probably one of the biggest things is time. But do you have a time requirement that you ask people, you must do this, you must do that kind of thing? No, we have a few meetings a year and, like I said, three events, which you can do rather easily. We've got seven events that we do throughout the year. You know, we got six bingos plus the ride. And if there's something that comes up, uh, Toby Hanna Depot, when they do the POW MIA Day, we put a flag one year and then a wreath the next. So and we, Christmas morning. Christmas morning, yes, that's that's a big one. If somebody would just like to get involved in maybe that, could they just could they just do that? Because I know it's just like many other organizations, especially on the holidays, they bring food to people, they you know, that kind of oh, a yeah. thing. All they have to do is get a hold of me and we'll take care of it. And what's the best way to do that? The email is A U G I E B A R at comcast.net. That's the best way to get a hold of me. And uh, I'll gladly get back to you and let you know what's going on. Give us again, Augie, the um, place for the meetings when they happen. It's the VFW on Main Street in DuPont. It's the third Wednesday of every month at 7 p.m. And you did say you have six bingos. Are they random times during the year, certain months? Usually it's the Sunday after our meeting. So that that way you can kind of take a head count and let everybody know. Exactly. Uh, Well, I'm going to give the floor to you and the microphone. You just tell everybody who you're looking for, why you're looking for them, and again, why it's important that they should remember their vets. I'm looking for anyone that has a passion to help our veterans, past and present, our POWs, our MIAs, and our primary goal here is to... Let people be aware that we have left people behind and we don't want it to happen again. Also, the riders, third Sunday in July, I believe 
this coming year would be the 21st, and that would be our 20th ride, and we're trying to make it a big one this year. We're already starting to plan with Warhorse and people that are major sponsors in that to help us out here. It sounds like you might get some help from the National as well, and, and maybe not as big as Washington, but you might be able to rival them with a couple of parking lots in downtown Scranton. I hope so. <laughs> well, maybe National, they have their meeting the same day as our ride, so I hope they'll come in and have their meeting up here. Oh, that would be, well, you'll have to keep us posted yeah, on I'll that. Have to, that have would to try be, that. Yeah, that would be, nice. be great. Yep. Augie, thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Augie Barheit from Rolling Thunder for joining us here on Special Edition. Don't go away. There's more Special Edition to come. Imagine being forced to live outside with only a thin coat to protect you from the bitter cold. Desperate, you call out to your family, but they ignore you. All alone, you shiver and shake as frostbite sets in and you slowly freeze to death. When it's cold, bring your cat or dog inside. Make sure other outside animals have adequate food, water, and shelter, and report neglect immediately. For more information, visit PETA.org or call 757-622-PETA. If you're having trouble paying your home heating bills this winter, there's help available. I'm State Senator John Blake with the Pennsylvania Moment. The Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program, or LIHEAP, provides financial help with heating bills and furnace repairs to those families who qualify. For more information, call the LIHEAP hotline at 1-866-857-7095. I'm State Senator John Blake with the Pennsylvania Moment. Welcome back to Special Edition. P.W. Singer is an author. His book, The Weaponization of Social Media. What's it all about? Intercom's Nancy Kamen and Vince Sweeney Find out. P.W. Singer, known as Pete Singer, with us. The book he has is called Like War, The Weaponization of Social Media. Mr. Singer, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Good morning, sir. It's good to talk to you. All right, so let's talk a little bit. Um, What do you mean... Uh, you, you know, we hear a lot of times people talking about the power of social media. You're talking about the weaponization of social media, how this, uh, you know, it has changed our lives. So the idea of the book is if there's cyber war, the hacking of networks, like war is about hacking the people on the networks through the spread of lies and likes. And one of the things the book does is looks at these new rules of the game that are played by people who are as diverse as Donald Trump to ISIS's top recruiter to Taylor Swift, basically how each of them are using uh, the social networks to accomplish their goals. Hmm. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, because one of the most powerful things is word of mouth, right? Most people, that is a very persuasive way to get people to believe you. So like when we go into something like an election or as you mentioned, Taylor Swift, um, is that what we're talking about? How persuasive it can be when you see all these people um, talking about something or liking something where it can actually change what you might think about something? Absolutely. We depend on social networks, on Facebook, Twitter and the like right now for uh, essentially, you know, we use them for everything from our dating lives, our social lives, to their primary news sources. And even if you're not on them, 
the people that you're getting news are pulling it from that. So, for example, 96% of journalists uh, take their lead from something that they see on mm-hmm. social networks and everything from uh, who to book on a radio show to who to book on a TV mm-hmm. show to what to cover in the newspaper. And so the result is the online trends, uh, they can have very real-world effects. They can, in essence, change the world. Uh, they can take someone who, you know, by all the old rules, uh, would not have become president, do so. Uh, a group like ISIS rises primarily through its very skillful use of social media. And so we kind of go through all of the different uh, new rules of the game. And one of the big issues here is that we're all players in it. So our choices of what to like, what to share, what to click on, it doesn't just ripple that across our network. So our own friends and family are more likely to believe it, even if it's fake news, even if it's disinformation. That's how, for example, the Russian attacks on um, our election spread, by leveraging us, by leveraging our family members. Uh, But the point in all this is that it can have very real effects and sort of changing the world. And so we need to understand what's going on because we're not just players, we're also targets in it. And some people have basically uh, just kind of laughed it off. Maybe they like the result of what it attained, so they try to make a joke of it. And it's one of those things where it's very insidious. Uh, It's, as you said, it's something that happens. It's not like um, a war where a shot is fired. It's more, uh, you know, it can go because it's so vague. It's not something that's right in front of your face. Exactly, and I think that's been one of the challenges of, for example, this Russian disinformation effort, is that they didn't create the divides in our society. They targeted them and then tried to exploit them. And what's important is they went after both sides. So, for example, uh, if you look at the uh, ads that they were placing on Facebook, uh, some of them were micro-targeted to people who were on the right wing. Some of them were micro-targeted to people on the left wing. Very different messages, but trying to drive towards the extremes. They're actually still at it, uh, targeting this upcoming election. They're even layering on the controversies, like, for example, uh, Nike and uh, the NFL anthem controversy, the Supreme Court debate and the like. And so one of the things that we have to be sensitive to is that just because someone agrees with you or tries to skew you kind of further down the extremes, they may be up to something else. Hmm. Right. I mean, because for some people in some countries, let's say, if they're not exactly our friend, it actually behooves them for us to be fighting with ourselves. It makes us less powerful, doesn't it, when the people in that country um, are, are fighting with each other or arguing or, or, you know, obviously having bad feelings. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's one of the differences that social media has brought, is that um, if you go back to, say, World War One, there were just a limited number of telegraph lines in the United States, and those could be cut, and the United States is sort of insulated from it. But with social media, what is possible is that you get these kind of reach-outs, but on an individual level, literally into your smartphone, into your Facebook feed. And what, um, in particular, Russia has uh, been able to pull off is almost like exporting censorship. So they've been taking their messaging. And what's important is it's not uh, classic propaganda. It's not trying to make us love Putin. It's actually trying to create division (laughs) and, importantly, bury the truth underneath a sea of lies. And we've been particularly susceptible to it, not just because of the openness of our society, not just because of... um, 
the way that the tech companies, you know, haven't been all that responsible in policing their networks. They've, there's been, they've been late to wake up to how their own networks have been weaponized, but also because, well, guess what? We've been pretty divided. We've got a lot of partisanship going on, and so we're seeing an effort to, to pile onto that. And, you know, but importantly, again, that's on the kind of the partisanship side. There is equal uh, way that this is used in marketing or in extremism, and it sort of shows, you know, this can be, uh, the technology can be used for good or bad, but every, everybody's trying to purpose it for something, mm-hmm. and that's why, you know, us, the targets of it, um, I almost liken it to, uh, if you remember the movie Rounders and the game of poker, mm-hmm. if you sit down at the poker table and you don't know who the mark is, you're the mark. We're kind of like that. <laughs> Why no, weren't we... Pre- right my, my question is, like, you know, you always hear about um, the superiority of the United States militarily, you know, intelligence-wise. You wonder, why Why did we not know this? Why were we not prepared? It's um, sad. Uh, we were the inventor of the Internet. And, you know, one of the fun things in the research for this book was going back and gathering all the stories of this thing that we use every day and that we don't know the fun stories of its origin uh the way we know you know thomas edison or ben franklin and the like you know we don't know about you know where social networks came from and uh and they're, they're really great fun stories you know the, the first social network was actually a debate about science fiction um the first use of the emoticon and like but the point is we're the inventor of the internet and yet the united states is the example that other nations now use of what not to do. Don't become the victim like the United States. I mean, when I say that, that's literally like the defense planning of nations like... Let me ask you, what do you do to make this different? What do you do to protect against this? Is there anything... That can be done. I mean, as long as the Internet is open to everyone. I, what, I, yeah, I almost what wonder, do do? did we make, were we so busy having people make money off of it that that was more important? Mm. You know, selling the information, using it, you know, to, to make more money that we didn't care about what was happening with it? <laughs> so it would be a really depressing book if it was like, oh, no, there's nothing that we have done. And, and fortunately, it's not. Um, uh, and again, you know, the Internet can be a powerful force for good. Yes. Uh, the same people that can be mobilized, you know, you, you see terrorist groups fundraising. It can also allow all of us to fundraise for um, helping uh, our neighbors, uh, helping fight diseases. You know, you remember the ice bucket challenge and the like. Right. So what the end of the book is, it basically explores what can we do. And just like everything, there's no silver bullet solution. There's a series of things that the government can do. Um, and important, you know, if you look at this model of uh, what other nations are doing, uh, saying, you know, let's not let what happened in the United States happen to us, we can actually copycat some of the things that they're doing. And one that you raised is um, digital literacy. Uh, that, though, extends over to the role of individuals. We have to understand what's going. There are certain ways to better navigate this world of likes and lies. And what's important is it doesn't matter how smart you are, how old you are, we all fall prey to it unless we know the strategies for it. And then finally, uh, to hit your question, there's the role of the tech companies themselves. And in many ways, um, they're almost like uh, parents going through the stages of grief at what's happened to their baby. Uh, so, you know, you think of Mark Zuckerberg just a couple years ago saying, it's a pretty crazy idea to quote him, uh, that Facebook could be misused in this way. And now he's come to understand, he's gone from denial to acceptance, and uh, just a couple weeks ago he described how Facebook is in a, quote, arms race 
with these kinds of attackers. And so the companies also have to take more responsibility for what's playing out on their networks and do a better job of defending their customers. And that, of course, means we as customers have to demand that more from them. Right. Wow, sounds fascinating. Yeah, uh, it is. Folks, you yeah. want to learn more, the book is Like War, The Weaponization of Social Media. P.W. Singer, thanks for being with Thank us. We you, really sir. appreciate that. Really appreciate it. Thank right. you. Take Thank care. you. Thanks again to author P.W. Singer and Intercom's Nancy Kamen and Vince Sweeney for bringing us the information about Mr. Singer's book, The Weaponization of Social Media. Earlier this week, Amazon made their choices as to where their new headquarters is going to go. Actually, they divided it between two separate locations. Pennsylvania made a bid but didn't make it to the short list. What about the economy in our area? Intercom's Frank Andrews talks with John Augustine. John Augustine, he's president and CEO of Penns Northeast. How are you, John? Good, Frank. How are you? Thanks for having me. You're, you're welcome. Give a, kind of give us a, an overview of, of what you, how you assess the economy here in our area. So we typically have in northeastern Pennsylvania a higher unemployment rate than the rest of the state and the rest of the country. Um, so what that's doing right now is making us an attractive place uh, for companies to look at for available labor. And we're seeing another thing, a trend called the last mile, where... Uh, you see what's happening the malls across the country, the, this concept of these big boxes that uh, just sell one or two products to start working, and people are buying things online, and they don't want something that they order tomorrow. They actually want it today. So we're seeing this boom of, of, of hundreds of companies trying to get as close as they possibly can to their customer base to get the product that they ordered uh, to the home or business as quick as possible. You know, John, I, I quoted a statistic a couple of times that the number of people quitting their jobs is at the highest it's been in 42 years because people quit jobs because they have a chance to get a better job. Now, are we seeing a, a battle here for, uh, a, 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 you know, over wages? Do people have to compete now on what they have to pay? We're, we're not in that battle yet, but uh, but that's certainly coming. So uh, things progress from, from the coast and the port. So you, you start in the Philadelphia area and you move west and you hit the Lehigh Valley. And now we're seeing a lot of spillover from the Lehigh Valley. Um, they are, on average, a dollar to two dollars a square foot more expensive than we are. And I'm not talking labor; I'm talking land costs, construction costs, etc. And so, it's a pretty good alternative. And when you look at Interstate 80 and 81, think about this: a truck driver, on average, can do about 11 hours a day of actual driving. That puts them within one third of the U.S. population and almost half of the Canadian population right in our backyard. So it makes us, you know, they say location, location, location. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing, as you said, is, is the labor. Uh, we started out two years ago, the average uh, warehouse worker was making nine, ten dollars an hour. Well, that's, that, that's, not, that's not a great wage. We, we, we know that. Um, but now we're seeing companies starting at 14. Uh, you're going to see companies very shortly at 15. And I guarantee you within a few months, you're going to see them starting at 16. And that's on top of uh, the benefits that they're getting. And so 
again, I, I realize that that's not fifty, sixty dollars an hour, but you know, sixteen is a lot better than nine, and I think we're going to start to see that number continue to go up. And I imagine, in addition to the, those kind of jobs, there's a building boom too going on. So, so skilled trade is off the wall, isn't it? If if you are a tradesperson, you know there, there's there's a type of schooling for everybody, whether it's a four year, whether it's a two year, uh, or whether it's a trade. Uh, if you are a tradesperson. Uh, you have a good. We can't outsource those jobs. We never will. Stuff has to be built. Stuff always breaks. So uh, a trade is a great industry to get into. Um, I have about 6 million square feet uh, just sitting on my desk alone of what's uh, coming down the road. And to give you an idea, a company today announced that they're going to hire another 200 people. So that's going to give them about 1,600 people just working in one facility. That, that, that building is about 800,000 square feet, which is equivalent to about 16 football fields. There's a building under construction now in the area. It's going to be 640,000 square feet. So not much difference in size. And they're only going to hire 75 people. Think about that. 1,600 versus 75 people because the other trend that we're seeing is everything is going towards automation and robotics. And so the skill set of the pick and pack concept is, is being more removed. And these companies are needing people with higher skills to be able to operate this computerized equipment that's basically doing the work for them. Wow. Now, tell me if this is a fair statement. Your, your job or the job of Penn's Northeast is to find companies that are interested in northeastern Pennsylvania. I imagine that before the economy was booming, that was a little bit harder. Are you now finding that companies are calling you for for interest in this area? We are. You know, um, we, we, we have great partners. So we work with Lackawanna, uh, Luzerne, uh, Wayne, Schuylkill and Monroe counties. Those are our, our, our current five partners. So we kind of act as an umbrella organization. So instead of seven people going to the same trade show to try to recruit a plastics company, uh, you know, we'll go on their behalf. Um, so we've always have been a bit reactive and a, and a, and a bit proactive. Uh, but right now, uh, we're getting a lot of national uh, press, a lot of national attention with companies like Adidas, uh, Patagonia, which, you know, if you're a skier, an outdoors person, you know, you recognize those names, and so uh, you might not see it necessarily locally all the time, but those, those are hitting national trade publications across the country, and people are seeing we still have a good work ethic here. We have a great location, good infrastructure, and, um, you know, we're on the map uh, and in, in the sights of a lot of these companies. And the other interesting fact is that the majority of buildings that are being built on spec are being occupied or leased before they're finished. Wow, that's that's never happened before. That's incredible. John, thank you for your hard work, and thanks for the update. It makes me feel good about our local economy. We're, we're, we're doing our best, and uh, we can always get better, but uh, we're off to a good start. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank Great you. Great show. It's that time. It's going to be a very busy holiday season. There are plenty of things to do. The Knights of Columbus St. Anne's Council 12572 will hold their annual Breakfast with Santa Sunday, November 25th from 9 a.m. till 1 p.m. in the St. Anne's Shrine Dining Room, featuring eggs, pancakes, home fries, and sausage, as well as a basket raffle and pictures with Santa. Tickets are $8 for adults and $6 for children. Kids under two eat free. You can purchase tickets online at ScrantonKnights.com. Join us for the Knights of Columbus Council 12572 Breakfast with Santa Sunday, November 25th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at St. Anne's Basilica in Scranton. Are you looking for some things to get you into the holiday spirit? 
How about the Red Cross Holiday Craft Show? That's coming up on Saturday, November 24th, 9 a.m. at the Kingston Armory on Market Street. More than 150 vendors and all crafts are handmade and homemade. There will also be some wine tasting. All of the proceeds benefit the Red Cross. Maybe the play's the thing. Letters to Sala being presented this weekend at Scranton High School on Munchak Way in Scranton. Also, A Wrinkle in Time being presented this weekend. That's by Scranton Prep Players on Wyoming Avenue in Scranton. Also, the Greater Carbondale YMCA 9th Annual Christmas Festival will be on Saturday, December 1st from 5 until 8, complete with a gingerbread scavenger hunt and much more. This is an American Red Cross blood donation alert. The Red Cross is facing a severe blood shortage and is issuing an urgent call for eligible blood and platelet donors of all types to give now and help ensure patients won't face a delay in life-saving medical care. Blood donations are being distributed to hospitals faster than donations are coming in. Help restock the shelves right now. Use the Blood Donor app, visit redcrossblood.org, or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make an appointment. The 5th Annual Snow Forge is being held in Old Forge on Sunday, December 2nd from 2 until 6. It features Santa Village Craft Fair and even an appearance by Mrs. Claus. It's Holiday Movie Night at the Osterhout Free Library in Wilkesbury on Wednesday, December the 5th. Starting at 6 o'clock, it's a screening of The Muppet Christmas Carol. Lackawanna Winter Market at the Globe begins Friday, December 7th and continues Saturday and Sunday, featuring more than 60 vendors and plenty of music. That's at the Globe Store in downtown Scranton. The Greater Scranton YMCA Annual Holiday Vendor and Craft Fair is being held on Saturday, December 8th from 10 until 2 at the Y on North Blakely Street in Dunmore. There's a Journey to Bethlehem, Friday and Saturday, December 14th and 15th at 6 p.m. at Tunkanic United Methodist Church at Warren and Church Streets. Wagons with narrators aboard will take visitors to eight live scenes enacting the events surrounding the birth of Jesus. It's free! Also, a Festival of Trees being held starting Saturday, December 15th and continuing into January. It's being held at the Marketplace at Steamtown. Proceeds benefit Toys for Tots. And what would the holidays be without the Holiday Pops performances? Saturday, December 15th at 7 o'clock at the... People's Security Bank Theater at Lackawanna College in Scranton, or Sunday afternoon, December 16th at 3 o'clock at the FM Kirby Center for the Performing Arts in Wilkes-Barre. Plenty of things to get you into the holiday season.
More from the live nativity of the Abingtons. That's planned for Friday, December 7th, running through Sunday, December 9th. That's at the Clark's Green Assembly of God on South Abington Road in Clark's Green. If you're having trouble paying your home heating bills this winter, there's help available. I'm State Senator John Yudichag with a Pennsylvania Moment. The Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program, or LIHEAP, provides financial help with heating bills and furnace repairs to those families who qualify. For more information, call the LIHEAP hotline at 1-866-857-7095. I'm State Senator John Yudichag with a Pennsylvania Moment. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories, a production of Intercom Communications. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 